All right. Welcome, everybody, to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASV Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and, of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, I'm joined by the great man, Lorenzo Resta, who was uh, fresh off the MXGP at Lockett. Thanks for joining us, mate, and how's life? How was the uh, weekend for you? It looked like a cracker. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's always a pleasure to be here with you. It was a good GP. I mean, a bit different uh, from uh, what I expected, uh, due also to the weather, um, the Condition of the track really changed compared in between Saturday Sunday. Uh, it was cool. It was cool uh, because uh, Lockett could be can be a track where nothing happened, basically. But a lot of uh, things happened in between MX2 and MX GP, and it was really uh, tricky till the end. Uh, so it was really nice. Uh, we had some surprise, I guess, uh, in both classes. Uh, really good and nice surprises, I have to say. And of course, we had two new European champions that are Italian. So that's really cool because in 65 and 85, uh, two young guns uh, from Italy clinched, clinched the title. And uh, I didn't expect, honestly, if I have to be 100% honestly, they were they, they did well during the, the, the season. They did well uh, in Romania. But uh, winning is a bit different, and, and they did a good job. So well done to them. Well done to the Italian Federation, who is uh, doing pretty well. So we hope that those uh, young riders can grow in the same way and uh, arriving soon in 125 and uh, having good opportunities, you know, to perform well and to uh, then jump on with 250 and all the rest. So it's it's cool. It was cool. And just quickly, Adamo was probably the fastest man on track to continue that Italian theme, mate. He was he was electric, even though he had the issues in the first moto with the Elzinger incident and uh, yeah, jumping on the flag. But he was so fast on the weekend. One of very few guys that could make up so much difference on a track that was, you know, very hard to pass on, quite narrow in parts, very hard to make up the difference. You really had to piece all the sections together. And he was probably the finest exponent of that, wasn't he? Yeah, it's a bit of a shame that he came out from Lockett without the first place uh, on the podium because uh, he deserves uh, that victory. I mean, he showed during the weekend that he was the fastest uh, on track. Uh, he did a superb uh, qualifying moto. Uh, he didn't start in front. He managed to take the lead and he managed to win his first uh, qualifying race of the year. What is a lot. And then um, in the first model, everything happened. I mean, uh, at the start, uh, it was just in front there. It was a little bit closed uh, left and right. Uh, so it was really slow in the first corner. Then he found uh, Liam uh, on the ground, uh, almost in front of him. He had to, cha to change line and he lost so much precious time. So the start was really, uh, I think, the worst of the season. Uh, as we know now, Andrea is really good uh, to in in the first lap to pass everywhere, and uh, but this time was a little bit different. He was charging so much, uh, and coming back, I think I don't know from 18, 19, maybe out of the twenty on the first con couple of corners to the top ten. Uh, while he found uh, Rick on his uh, on his line, he passed him. I have to say, quite clean. Uh, it wasn't that bad move on uh, on uh, Rick. 
Uh, it was the corner, uh, the start corner. He passed him, and uh, and then Rick, I have to say, he went really, really hard on him, and uh, and and Andrea fell down. He crashed, and he took back the bike. Uh, it took a while to restart, and again, he was really, really far. Uh, it was charging again, recovering positions in a good way, uh, and he did this mistake. Uh, overtaking, jumping and overtaking with the yellow flag. He yep. got two position penalty, what was, uh, of course, uh, deserved because when uh, it, it was shown on TV, nobody can say that uh, this didn't happen. But then uh, at the end of the moto, while he was still pushing really hard, he had the chance to meet uh, Rick Elzinga. And uh, it was a little bit uh, hot. I was just behind them. I got a couple of uh, nice pictures. Yeah, I have to say that Andrea just uh, was screaming, was screaming, uh, <laughs> saying what you did, what you did, why, and uh, and Rick, Rick was the, the first using the hands, you know, to yeah. to touch yeah. him, uh, to grab him. Uh, uh, I I don't like when he goes uh, so far, and Andrea was, um, I mean, he did the right thing in the press conference as he uh, he said, "I'm sorry because we should be an example for the kids." Uh, everyone look at us and uh, I was wrong. I made a mistake. Should be more quiet. And uh, even jumping with the flags is something that we, we should avoid. So he was uh, saying, I'm sorry and uh, um, for, for what I did. But um, in, the, in the meantime, when you know that uh, you are wrong, like Rick was, was wrong, and it's something that can happen in during a race uh, because maybe you just you were thinking that you could pass and then you touch uh, can be made by, by purpose or not. Uh, I don't know. Nobody knows. He knows only. Uh, I don't want to judge this because uh, I wasn't on the bike. I saw just the images on TV and it's quite clear that it was not possible to pass without touching Andrea. Andrea is one of the toughest guy. I want to say that Andrea is the, the good boy, the poor boy that was he was not the toughest guy. When you when you have uh, when you have Andrea in front of you or behind you, it's a it's it's a problem uh, to pass or to when, when he's coming really. But Andrea want to win. Uh, oh. He has this kind of uh, will of uh, win that is really really hard, really strong. He has changed completely his mentality compared to the past. He's a fighter. We saw this uh, during uh, now the first twelve GPs. But uh, uh, he went on the ground. So I think that the, the good stuff to do, in even if the guy who crashed is really frustrated and he's screaming, is to say, I'm sorry. Just this. I'm sorry. I I didn't make by purpose. And maybe the guy will calm down or not. But at least you said, you say, I'm sorry. And I was disappointed because then on the stories uh, that Rick was publishing, he put something with Andrea, with the crash, and it was written ciao, so like bye-bye in Italian uh, with Andrea crashing down. This, When the championship is so tight, mm. with the, the effort of everyone is so intense, and is already quite a drama to have four or five riders contending the title with your teammate that is doing a fantastic job because Iago is doing a great job and is recovering points on Andrea and on the rest of the guys. Mm. It's probably a better idea to stay more calm and maybe to be, I don't know, fake, but saying, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, and, and show and calm down everything, you know? And no, Especially it was what happened to Benestant the day before as well. 
Yes, yes. And this, this one was, was a huge crash. But, you know, for example, this crash to me is just a problem of uh, lack of experience from uh, the one who touched uh, Beniston at the start. Because uh, it's locket, we know everything can happen at the start. Every year since uh, my first locket was 2004, and uh, and and I know that everything can happen in uh, at the start of locket. The start is really special. It's a long straight, a little bit uphill. This there's this tight uh, left hand corner that is really tight, and everything can happen there. But mm, you show that you are a good rider, uh, doing good results. But you show you show you can show to be a good person, uh, acting properly in the right moment uh, and that was exactly the moment where andrea we can imagine we can understand he was really frustrated because and he didn't know already that he was penalized uh, but maybe he could imagine but he didn't know for sure uh, it was really frustrated it was just screaming eh? i was there uh, this i can say it, it was just screaming in italian and and Rick was just answering, and and uh, when you answer with, with the hands, it's never a good idea. Then it it wasn't you know a punch or nothing painful, of course. That, uh, but still, better to say, oh, I'm sorry, uh, it wasn't my purpose, because then you leave the door open to every kind of uh, uh, thing in the in the mind of the other that are looking at the races. Maybe you want to help uh, your teammate, uh, maybe. Uh, you want to save your place for next season or something like that. That maybe is not the case, huh? But so sometimes it's better just to calm down. So I hope that uh, FIM will do as they did already with Fernandez and Seward that are much more experienced guy, but they had a tough uh, uh, race in uh, in Indonesia, for example, or Roman and Prado, and just say, guys, calm down, both, all of you, come down because championship is long everything can happen and it would be not nice you know to end uh, on 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 too much uh, uh, trouble so better to really calm down everyone and uh, i understand that everyone is there to win or to even help uh, the teammate but in a different way yeah it was certainly interesting to see in the heat of the battle and you know those guys having a little bit of afterwards chatter after the race mate because uh, we sort of like don't always see that and we've had it twice in the last two rounds with the, the incident you mentioned before and Adamo do you think he was a little bit disappointed obviously he couldn't get that points haul heading into Lommel where he's probably going to be happy with the top five even though he's been training heaps yeah. there in the winter with you know Smets and Prado yeah. thing. the program's excellent but he's probably still not at the level of you know, your Everts, your Yago, your Kai DeWolf, your Vandermoes, yeah. like these kind of guys, Kuhn and brothers maybe. So it'll be interesting to see how the points go. And obviously with Yago getting the job done again, it's going to be fascinating, isn't it, mate? Absolutely, yes. You know, it's not only a question of Lommel because then there is also Vanta uh, the week after yeah. that is um, Finland and is again uh, deep sand. So uh, for sure, next two rounds... Uh, they're not in, in his pocket uh, till he don't uh, get the victory but look really good for for Iago in the right moment you know so I'm pretty sure and for Andrea it would be tough to to be in the top five in uh, in both Grand Prix Andrea have made a lot of progress this year uh, in all the conditions for sure also in the sand um, it's, um, it's, it's interesting because Andrea is, is a really serious guy and uh, he listens a lot to what um, they try to teach him. So uh, I'm sure that he will show 
uh, that he have made a lot of progress uh, in uh, in the sand also. But still, uh, it's not born in the sand. He's not a sand rider, so it would be tough for him. And it would be the, the good opportunity for Iago to uh, try to take some points uh, since Saturday till the two motos and to recover and to come back on a position uh, that he deserves because, uh, as we said before the crash in France, he was really uh, destroying the championship, uh, doing an incredible job. So uh, uh, no, nothing is for free. Uh, they didn't make any gift to him. Uh, uh, it was it was already uh, enough painful for him to to lose those races after the crash and uh, to have to recover and come back. So he's doing the the good job. He's doing what he need to do. Uh, victory in Locket uh, was a surprise uh, after we saw uh, the speed of Andrea because Iago won last year. So uh, it's not the first time he won in Locket. Uh, we know that he can be really good in Locket. So Harpak for him is uh, is a place where he can perform well, as we said, and we saw this in uh, the beginning of the season. Uh, but it looks really interesting for him. It looked really interesting for everyone, as you said. In Kaido Wolf is superb in the sand, and is coming back on on a, in a good pace, in a good uh, mood. Uh, Rohan wasn't that good in uh, in this GP as the Kunan brothers. I was expecting a little bit more from uh, from, from Lucas. It was the best GP for Sasha, but Lucas can can be better, and I'm pretty sure that he will do very well in uh, in Lommel as the other riders we mentioned before. So it would be really interesting also to see uh, Liam uh, as is a Belgian rider and uh, maybe he's one of the few that can uh, be a little bit in the middle of uh, of the fight. But for sure, if Iago rides as he know in the sand, it will be really tough for everyone to to contend the victory to him here in Lommel and in uh, Vanta. Yeah, just a quick one there. Obviously, Lucas Coonan actually had the fastest lap time in the first race, which was quite interesting. Yeah. He obviously didn't have the greatest weekend by his standards because arguably, you know, he was the fastest guy heading into the Indonesian rounds for sure and on raw speed. And then especially after the first one, he flexed his muscles there with a brilliant first victory. Yeah. So, And then obviously Adamo in the second one, he got the fastest lap time. So just a couple of interesting points there but uh, while we're on the Red Bull KTM topic a couple of pieces of news have just dropped today obviously with Liam Everts extending his contract with Red Bull KTM which is an exciting deal hot on the heels of Adamo's one pretty recently too. Yeah, yeah he just keeps learning progressing maturing love to see his mindset he's pretty sort of cold in his mindset no excuses just wants to perform and trying to minimize the burden he feels with his grandfather and father it's a lot for him to take on so it's pretty cool you know reward for all his hard work and you know patience to, to get to where he is and he's He's just come on leaps and bounds this year. And obviously, we've got Hurlings, who's just uh, announced that he'd be doing those two ADAC rounds, uh, you know, more racing for him as he gets back to full health and gets back on the gate. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about him doing some uh, American racing too. So it'll be interesting to see how those play out, mate. How, what's your opinion on those two pieces of news? Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it was expected, uh, this announcement on, uh, on Liam. Uh, I think that we can uh, easily wait also on Sasha announcement. Uh, uh, because he's progressing, he's doing well. Probably they want to make uh, one announcement every two weeks. So it was before Adamo, now it's uh, Liam. Maybe in two weeks it will be Sasha. It's logic. Uh, it's just a logical uh, um, way of acting as uh, they decided last year to build up this uh, new young team. 
nobody i think will expect uh, those kind of performance nobody uh, was ready to point uh, even one cent of euro on one of those three riders Sasha is the one that is struggling uh, more than the others. He was injured at the beginning of the season. He's really small, really light, but we saw how much he wants to fight in uh, in Locket and when he could do a good start, uh, how good he can be in race and how uh, can he fight with the others. Lommel would be probably a little bit different for him, but uh, Andrea is doing well uh, and is reconfirmed, of course, but also Liam. Uh, he won his first race a couple of can say weeks ago even if it's maybe one more than one month in germany and uh he's doing well it was probably his worst weekend this one uh, with the crash in the first motor was so so heavy uh it, someone probably also lent on him and he was lying on the ground i was honestly scared i said wow this can be really really uh could be really bad and uh, uh, my daughter was in the in the pit lane uh, and uh, so um Gilles Cairoli uh, was praying for him it was a strange atmosphere but then he, he was just taking back his bike and riding really well till the 17th position that was not expected after kind of crash like that but it wasn't his best weekend but uh, uh it was uh it was still uh, still a positive weekend uh, because he didn't uh, get any injury and he's still fifth in the championship what is really good and I think that uh the, the 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 good way to act in this moment is we they decided to make a bet on those three young riders. Um, it was a really a, a huge lack of experience uh, for those three riders. But putting the right persons, right people around them, so Joel Smets, Tony Cairoli, good mechanics, uh, Harry is doing a fantastic job uh, as a ch um, chief technician, all those guys around those kids, the result we can see today is that they have two riders in the top five and one is leading the championship. Uh, so it's it's the logical way of acting just to say, okay, we reconfirm them uh, for next year. They will have more experience. Uh, Yago will be in MXGP. New good riders will come up. A uh, few of them are already in the KTM group family like Kaida Wolf, uh, like the the, the Kunen brothers. So the picture looks really well for uh, for the future for them. And uh, I, I appreciate this uh, way of uh, stick to their bet. And uh, I think it can uh, bring really good results. Yeah, it's exciting times ahead. And obviously with Tony steering the ship, he clearly is doing a great job of listening to that interview he had on MXGP TV. And he was just sort of giving yeah. the insights into the riders. And obviously Sasha Coonan made some more steps forward this weekend, running up front. Good starts as always. Really good step. Yeah. He sort of maintained his level for a lot longer than he has in the past. And he was just excited, obviously, to be heading into the home GP like his brother and a lot of these other guys like Liam as well. So it should be pretty exciting just to watch how they elevate throughout the rest of the year because they're definitely on their way, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Tony is doing a good job. Joel is doing a fantastic job. I don't know if you had the chance to see the video that uh, Tony and Gilles put out today with Tony riding in the sand. Uh, I invite you, everyone, to go on Instagram to look at the stories because... <sighs> I'm suffering that Tony is not on the gate. I mean, Jeremy Van Orebeck is there and he did a great race. We will yeah. talk about this later. But I was thinking, my goodness, uh, looking at Tony riding in the sand, uh, 
like it was today, Jesus, maybe he cannot do this for 35 minutes, but my God, that was so cool and so good to watch. Okay, we have to face the reality. Tony will turn 38. Um, it's uh, it's it's not uh, uh, the case to to make a wild card. And I appreciate also this. He took the decision to stay away from the races and to do another job. So he doesn't have the time to, to train properly. But you can see that he's still able to do incredible things on the stand that nobody can do even with training. I mean, nobody, few of them, of course, they can do, but just a few of them. It's still a part of this kind of uh, gota of uh, incredible riders that have incredible skills. And it's like uh, cycling on a bicycle. You never forget how to do it. Uh, if you are in a good shape, you can always do. And you can see that he's in a really good shape because it was amazing. And it's nice because when you have a team manager like that, that take you riding and teach you while he's showing you what to do probably better than you <laughs> i think it's it's quite interesting and it's really good also for when you have to search for new setup new uh adjustment for for the setup of the bike and stuff like that developing the bikes the suspension you have still one of the best riders that can do the job so it's it's really good and uh, i think that this job will pay at the end of uh, of the season don't know if with the title or not, but till now we see. And the relationship between Tony and, and their kids, I would say, uh, the, the, the kids that he's uh, training also with Joel are giving, I don't know, it's, it's something is it's magical. And uh, the atmosphere in the Red Bull station is great. Uh, uh, they go around together. They spend time together. They joke together. It's, it's really what you need when you have to build up uh, a team and uh, I think that uh, till now we are just a little bit uh, over half season we can say that was the right decision for both KTM and Tony to get over uh, and go on with this uh, kind of uh, new rule uh, that is uh, having. Yeah certainly a brilliant asset and it's just created a brilliant opportunity for success for those guys and there's so much knowledge they can lean on and tap into it's must be just fast tracking their development so well and the results are proving that so yeah it's just exciting to keep watching how it plays out and he looks like he's enjoying it and that's the main thing because the, the results obviously help you know it just gives you that boost to keep working hard and doing what you can to make them a success so yeah, another another guy in that sort of KTM group, Simon Langenfelder. Another brilliant effort by him getting second overall. Just really impressive. You look at the sort of top four guys from the weekend in Yago, Simon, Kai, and Kevin. They've all had their injury problems recently. You know, Kevin with the dislocated shoulder, Kai with the ankle, Yago with the obviously broken arm. It's just and and Simon with the broken arm. It's pretty impressive what these guys are doing. How quick they come back. They're obviously dealing with varying degrees of pain, but very impressive stuff from these guys, Simon and Kai just putting themselves yeah. in there and, and Kai's still keeping that dream alive, isn't he? He's still chasing, just sort of hanging in the hunt, isn't he? Even though he's still not quite there yet with the ankle, he's he's managing the weekends, but he'll certainly be heading in with some momentum to Lommel, won't he? For sure, for sure. And uh, yeah, Simon, uh, you know, for him, he was kind of uh, home GP as uh, he could not ride in uh, Torchenthal. And I think that was really... Yeah. Uh, a big mess for him because he really wanted to to race there in, uh, in Germany, but uh, he couldn't. And uh, this is his uh, real home GP as he's born uh, less than one hour from Loket on the other side of the border. Uh, after you go from Loket to Germany, you pass Pilsen 
that is the city that gives the name to the beer, the Pilsen beer is born there. And just a few kilometers after this is born town. Uh, so for him, it was really kind of home GP. It was full of German crowds. So noisy, my God. Uh, in uh, Lommel, uh, the chains so are uh, um, forbidden. So they cannot use uh, those noisy machines to just make. But believe me, some place of the track was impossible to spend more than two minutes. Uh, it was a problem under the podium. It was a problem for the photographers. It was a problem. Oh, I hate those those machines. But still, there were plenty of Germans uh, there with uh, with smoke and with stuff uh, cheering for Simon, who was doing a pretty good job. I was doing uh, uh, two, three, three, I have to say, great races, uh, finding uh, his... Uh, uh, really uh, at ease on uh, on this track that he likes uh, but he's still really good in the sand so he can uh, he can be a good rider also in the next two races even if he prefers probably Harpac and we saw it from the the victory in uh, in Spain and uh, the good results in other in other Harpac tracks but uh, uh, Simon uh, is happy you see you look at him on the podium he's relaxed he's happy uh, he doesn't have any more pressure on his shoulder because title chase is uh, is gone, but uh, he's uh, more free and more smiling and happy than last year, probably. While he started the season with an incredible Grand Prix in uh, Matali Basin and then was struggling a little bit too much to get than uh, uh, other good results, uh, even if he finished on third place. But Simon is really good in the second half of the season and uh, we, we can expect from him a good uh, performance. I forgot to say that the second moto was the first victory for Andrea. First yeah. moto victory for Andrea. What is, to me, I was thinking like, my God, it's possible? It's the first yeah. moto victory. I couldn't believe because we saw him five times probably on the podium this year or even more. We saw him winning GP, be on the podium. So I was thinking, yeah, probably he, he did it already, but not. That was the GP of the first time for him. First qualifying race, first moto win. So... Uh, winning two out of uh, three races uh, is, is always very good. Uh, so Simon uh, is doing well and again is in a good place, in the right place with the good persons around him and the atmosphere is really good. It looks like while he got the big injury, nobody was so down, so disappointed. Of course they were disappointed, but uh, nobody give up you know to say oh, okay everything is finished now they kept working easily quietly and uh, and you see the results now indonesia was already really good uh, in lap times in final results and this gp was really really good for him as he was second on the podium and uh, with this uh, big to me is a big innocent smile because he's such a nice person that uh, it's a uh, it's a guy who is not able probably to be a bad guy. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a really a good uh, a good guy, a good person. So that's cool. Yeah, it's good to see him doing well, and he's definitely sort of priming himself for a full assault on the title next year because he's definitely got the talent and the skill to do it. And he's he's very young still, so he's so much time left for him. And another yeah. guy we got to touch on was Hogmo. Just another impressive effort. I spoke to him yesterday. James and I did on the MX Vice show and yeah, made some good steps with the bike during the week and obviously himself as well after those huge crashes in Germany and Indonesia where obviously Mark put his shoulder back in and you know he's, he was impressed with his sort of toughness and bravery to to slog it out that race in Indonesia was so impressive and yeah, another confidence building weekend. He's obviously a guy that's moving up to MXGP next year so he wants to put himself in the shop window and, 
and really impressed. We're a little bit disappointed in the second one. He obviously couldn't get the podium, but that, that first race, absolutely impressive, wasn't he? He was on rails. Yeah. And he never dropped. He was so close to Yago the whole race. Looked really confident. I was... Yeah, so I was going to say charging the downhills and he, he was carrying the momentum, you know, where he had to, tucking inside where he needed to. And he sort of, yeah, with his shoulders, he said they're, they're not too bad. One of them's worse than the other, but the way he handled that pretty demanding track and obviously the weather was, was pretty impressive to find his flow. I just wanted to sort of get your... Thoughts, mate. He sort of overlooked and forgotten that he actually got fourth in the MX2 World Championship last year. A little bit of a underrated statistic and number there, and just impressive riding last year was consistent. Even though he did say he obviously had his up and downs, but until Germany, I sort of did some stats and and he had a run of 26 consecutive top 10 overalls in MX2. So definitely wow. showing he's he's one of the top guys, but just it hasn't quite gone his way this year, has it? Absolutely, um, it's uh, probably underrated uh, rider. Uh, it's difficult uh, for him this year. He's struggling a little bit too much with a lot of things. It looks like the worst moment of uh, season, uh, he was able to transform it in something positive and then rebuild from that. Um, I was impressed in Indonesia about his results, about what he did. And honestly, I have to to say that in the first moto, I was pretty sure that he could win the race because the moment he was charging on Iago, the track was changing a lot and it was getting a little bit more dry, a little bit more slippery like it was on Saturday. Less dry, of course, but more similar to what uh, was happening on Saturday. And Saturday, if you remember, Iago was struggling a little bit during the second part of the moto. So I was thinking maybe Iago will just, you know, slow down a little bit and uh, with this will of uh, of succeed of of going on uh, Kevin can uh, can take the, the victory it wasn't uh, because Iago did a pretty good job but it was interesting to see how much she was pushing and how I have to say he was charging with this shoulder because yeah, some heavy landings in uh, in Lockett uh, while you jump down uh, uh, from big hills and uh, you land hardly so it should not be so easy even if never is never easy, uh, there's no track that is easy at this level. But I was impressed that he could do in the in the right way. He deserves a podium like many others because the three guys that were on the podium they deserve the podium. He deserves the podium. Andrea deserves the podium. So I I have to say that Lockett was good and bad for many. It was really good for Iago, for sure, more than others, and for for Simon. And Kai because uh, they they went then there on the podium uh, after doing really good motors. Yeah, it was fascinating to see, mate. And yeah, he's obviously trying to get that ride in MXGP next year. He said he's got nothing sorted, so yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, we even just sort of floated the idea to him, like you know, F and H ran beaten on the four fifty. I said, "Have you got a four fifty for you, mate?" He said, oh, it's, "I haven't asked, but it's probably not going to really happen." You know, and I think they're happy doing what they're doing again this year. So. But yeah, we watched yeah. this space with him for sure. And Camden McClellan, what a what an amazing effort by him. We spoke to him yeah last week just before this race, and yeah, he sort of had yeah. a very mixed year, ups and downs. The shoulder injuries really scuppered him, and then he had that sort of flare up of the shoulders in in France as well. And yeah, he showed some pretty good signs in Indonesia, especially in the Lombok. He, he was pretty impressive. Yeah. Probably just happy to sort of get through and build momentum. Obviously, the team he was uh, had a lot of uh, sort of media commitments, and the fans loved him. Obviously, with Del Vinter as well, the the team and the sponsorship that they have, the connection there. It was a it was a big week, couple of weeks for them too. So they definitely enjoyed that. But yeah, coming back to Europe and and Lockett, a place he has good memories of with that junior European title 
it was a little bit yeah. unexpected. He he wasn't expecting to probably be that that good as well. He just came raced out of the blocks and stayed there because you never know what a lot of these riders go through when they when they tell you it's interesting. There's so many factors that go into their their performance might not being at the level they want it to be. And yeah, he you know why they drop back. It's sort of not as cut and dry as it got tired or couldn't match it. There's so many things. But yeah, it was just great to see him up there and and really battling with those heavy hitters on a track that he has great memories with, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, I was surprised, like I think many of the, the the people that were on track to see such a good performance. I didn't remember about the junior championship race, uh, so it says a lot about how much, uh, in a mental way, can uh, can uh, good results can then uh, let you do a good feeling with the with the track. Uh, I think I I I crossed a couple of times the happiest people, uh, happiest guy on track. It was Jackie Martins, <laughs> as he had a w- wide, big smile on his face, because these guys putting such a big effort in his team. I have to say, one of the people that are probably doing so and want so badly to to have good results because. Uh, Jackie had uh, a fantastic career as a rider, uh, then he also as a team manager. But then, in a minute, he was uh, he had one day it was uh, the boss of a factory team, and the day after he he didn't have nothing in his hands. So it should not be so easy at his age to restart completely with a different brand. And we know that. It's not probably the best brand you can have in MX2, uh, while the Ondas uh, in Europe are not the best bikes, of course, in MX2. Uh, doing as a private team after many years, you 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 were a factory team. Uh, that must be really really difficult. Uh, but uh, Jackie uh, never give up. Uh, he put a lot of effort into the team, into the races, uh, trying to find out deals. Uh, let like riders, strange riders riding for him and trying to, you know, to to put everything together. And he deserve uh, the team deserve good results. And finally, they got this fantastic result with uh, McClellan uh, that can be also the nation. Uh, one good rider for South Africa, finally, with uh, maybe Calvin uh, Vlander and, and, and someone else, uh, because Calvin is uh, can still, I think, ride for South Africa. And I don't know if he will or if he... He will do like he did in past for for the Dutch team, but uh, it's uh, it's showing that uh, that he can perform well. He wasn't that lucky and that uh, good in uh, EMX 250 in the past. Uh, mm. He was always struggling a little bit, uh, but it looks to me like he's again uh, someone that uh, didn't give up. Uh, he was still trying, trying, trying really hard, and uh, those kind of results can. Uh, uh, really pay you a little bit uh, back about all the effort you did. Yeah, it's interesting. You sort of look back. I spoke to him around, you know, the start of the year and he was having issues just getting back to Europe from South Africa, uh, you know, with the visa. He was on some sort of a blacklist and he had to do all this yeah. stuff and he, he got over late. And so obviously he missed all that training with the team, getting settled in and getting the fitness and the shoulder. So he's had a lot of adversity to face already. And to get a result like that must be a huge boost for him. And just a little one on the South African motocross and nations. Obviously you got Slade Smith doing quite well in America and Purden doing some yeah. races and Phelps is doing well in America too, but they, he was saying there might not be the European and the US guys. They might have a rule that uh, only the guys that race the domestic series are eligible. So 
uh, which seems oh. extremely strange to me. But yeah, we, yes. we're sort of just waiting to see what's going on there. But hopefully we see him there. It just makes sense. Like a couple of riders based there and some other guys that really would love the chance as well. And Erne, it's going to be a brilliant atmosphere, mate. Another another yeah. sort of team, Austria, you know, with Marcel Stauffer, he was saying that sort of that's a little bit undecided too, what's happening there with the team. Obviously, they've got some guys like Ernecker and Sadner, who's had that massive injury at Trentino. So, but yeah, that's sort of a bit of wait and see. But yeah, it was good to see him back, mate. Obviously, he's a KTM test rider when he's not racing and he races the Austrian Championship on a 250 and a 450. So he's he's on a lot of different duties, mate. But uh, yeah, sort of showed his speed. Obviously, the bike's pretty good. He was saying the engine's good. A lot of pretty good parts on there with, with the KTM connection. But still impressive effort to step in again like he did in Germany and get a top 10 and sort of run the run the consistent fast lap times despite not always, you know, getting the best start or in the second one, he had a little issue that cost him, but he could probably run in the top six, which is very impressive for only his third GP and sort of doing all that testing during the week. It's quite taxing on his body. He says it's just got to sort of manage weeks when you have a GP and he's got one more year left in MX2. So he said he was talking to a couple of teams, so we'll see what comes of it. But I think he's pretty happy doing the testing and the, and the racing where he can. And we should expect to see him in Majora, I think, is the, is the plan next, mate. And there was a pretty cool moment, I know, within the qualifying crash, sadly, with Benestant, where he helped him with the lift the bike off and then he sort of stopped him from, from collapsing forward after he obviously had the head knock, so he was a bit concussed and he sort of, you know, leant forward and he looked after him a bit there, which was pretty cool during the race. And then once he was sorted, he got back and started doing his own race. But uh, yeah, he said Tebow and his family were so grateful for, for him just taking that time to look after the, you know, the son and Tebow himself. So pretty cool moment in all the heat of the battle to see that, mate. And yeah, only just came with a mechanic and just his dad and his family there. His dad was just helping him with some lines, mate. But to, to you know, to record something like third in time practice ahead of Yago, Kevin, Simon, Everts, DeWolf, the Conan brothers, ninth in warm up. 11-10 for ninth overall after eighth in Germany. Pretty cool effort beating all those factory guys, wasn't it? I honestly, um, every time that I see his name since Germany on the top ten or or like third, like it was in Locket, it's something that you you say, what? How is possible? Then you go out on track and you see him riding, and in fact, he's really he's doing pretty pretty well. It's that kind of uh, surprise that happens sometimes. Uh, riders that are completely underrated, uh, that are almost transparent in some somehow that uh, nobody look at uh, from close, and then they are able to surprise you with good good results. It's always good when someone else is popping up, you know, and coming on the top ten and trying to uh, to do good stuff because uh, it's it's always nice to have more guys that are fast than more guys that are, that are really slow. And uh, and he's doing well. I hope that at the end of the season, in front uh, with all the awards uh, they will uh, they give like every year, they maybe think about uh, one special award, fair play award, because uh, not many will stop there and uh, try to help someone that had that bad crash. Uh, it's only a qualifying race, but uh, that gives points, uh, and it's it's a race. And for a racer, just to stop and decide to stop and give up on your own race, and you know at that moment that your race is gone, you cannot do anything to to recover. It's uh, it's not easy. It's something that you have it or not, not something that you will think about. It's an uh, a proper. Um, I've, I don't know how to say it in English, but uh, is a, is a kind of gesture that you have it or not. So it's spontaneous. That's 
and and it's really nice and uh, i think that uh, as we said before andrea at the end uh, in the press conference was saying i'm sorry for this and uh, please forgive me for what i did because we need to be an example for the young riders that's good to say and to see it's important to give uh, an award to someone that decided to like they do some time in football you know yeah. uh, fair play that's important uh, and uh, it's a plus value for everyone is a is a kind of uh, uh, symbolic stuff that uh, you can also even sell to the young generation and even to your sponsor our sport is a, a serious sport with where the athletes are taking seriously what they do and they know that an injury or something can can be very bad you know in motocross when while you crash and you finish under your bike and the bike uh, don't stop you can get burned by the exhaust you can get uh, injured or cutted by some piece of the bike if the wheel doesn't stop the chain doesn't stop there's plenty of things that can go wrong so it's important to to give this kind of example, and I think that he, he really deserved just an award, you know, to recognise what he did. Yeah, well said, mate. It was great sort of gesture, kindness, just to look after him there, yeah. the, the person first above the racing, which is you know sometimes you don't always see that. So that was pretty cool, mate. And obviously, as you go down the list, you know, Emil Beckman getting tenth is pretty awesome. And just a word on Beniston, he obviously had some blood on the lungs and and the concussion with the head knock, and he was hoping to get back from Lommel was what what he told us. So fingers crossed we see him out there, even though it might come a bit too soon for him. But yeah, these back-to-back rounds are certainly putting the riders and the teams under a lot of pressure. So yeah, and just, it was cool to see obviously guys like Oliver back and gifting had a great effort on the Saturday and Braceris is back too from, from his injury problems and definitely Rowan van der Moes, like not a, not a weekend he'll want to remember. And yeah, and Panzo, yeah. it's cool to see Zanke and Rossi there, even though yeah, they're both their weekends didn't probably go as they would have liked, but there was just lots of riders there. So lots of AMX guys obviously took the chance to have a crack again. And the field was stacked, mate. So to see what staff was doing against all these guys that are racing week in, week out, it's certainly impressive, mate. But anything stand out there for you? Yeah, it was uh, honestly, it was a really positive weekend on all those uh, stuff. To see a gate full of riders, to see so many good riders, to see some of the EMX 250 riders there racing to uh prepare themselves for the second half of the season in EMX 250 to say to see so many riders that uh, the struggle during the first half of the season like for example Emil Beckman as you said and then finally getting a good result on a tough GP pl- with plenty of riders he didn't uh made uh, a top 10 in Indonesia with uh, 15 riders he did the top 10 in locket with almost 40 riders so that's also give a value to 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 the result you know and um and it was a very positive weekend for everyone because when you have full gates and you have the full stands i mean there are not stands in uh, proper stands in locket but the hills were full of crowds with people coming from slovenia a lot for the coming back of uh, uh team a lot of germans uh, for simon for the other german riders a lot of crowds also many from italy i i met a lot of italian people that were there start to be few like uh fans for for andrea a few fans for and that's always really nice and as i said at the beginning of the season we had uh, we are we're living a season with probably record numbers on on the attendance at every gp uh we had plenty of fans in many different GPs, 
from from France to Germany, uh, Lockett, uh, Italy. Uh, it was always really good with crowds, even with some trouble, like uh, uh, no guys are on the, on the grid or now no earlings on the grid. So it's uh, it's positive for everyone because when the gate is full and the, the stands are full, it's always a good sign for everyone, for the sport in general. Absolutely, mate. Well said. They've certainly come out their droves this year, sort of back to complete normality now, it seems. And yeah, onto the MXGP class, mate. Another pretty interesting weekend. Sort of where do you start? But obviously, we'll start with Fevera. Three straight wins now. He he managed it well, even though he sort of almost came unstuck there, mate. Pretty awesome to see Valandrum getting a moto win. And yeah, just your take on it. And uh, you want to give your thoughts on Prado's little incident too, mate? <laughs> that was I can say it was a shitty weekend for Prado, but it wasn't because he did Good so to well. Scoop up a podium. <laughs> yes. It was just funny, you know. Uh I met him uh, before the start of uh, race two and uh I just just exchanged a couple of words with him and I said, Go on, mate, uh, you can do it. Uh, and he said, you know, I'm a little bit shitting in my pants what he said to me in italian what it means in italian properly i'm scared i'm really scared i don't want to say fucking scared but really i'm really scared and i said no don't don't be scared mate you can do it. you can do it. i said no no i'm really shitting in my pants <laughs> and then i, I will start understanding what was happening during the first moto uh what really was really bad for him and for the mechanics that had to touch the bike at the end of the first moto, because the moto was still <laughs> sticking a lot at the start of the second moto. Everyone was laughing about this. But, you know, it can be a big trouble because when you have some issues like that uh, and you have to race again 35 minutes, it can be really, really tough for your physics and uh, for your body. You can be dehydrated or whatever. But then he managed to, to, to finish uh, very well. Uh, I asked him in a press conference, a little bit joking with him, if uh, it was more slippery the track in the first moto or his seat at the end of the moto. But yeah, we can uh, just uh, go on on this and forget this accident. Uh, I have to say that it's really interesting because on, on one point to see Roman winning three motos in, in three no motos, three GPs in a row. It's incredible, uh, something that uh, wasn't happening to him since 2015 while he became uh, world champion. And I tried to to look at and understand uh, how, how long it was uh, since uh, uh, Kawasaki was winning uh, uh, the three, mo three GP in a row. And that brings really, really far away because we go back to 94 with uh, a certain Stefan Everts that won uh, Dutch champion, Dutch uh, GP, Italian GP and Austrian GP 94 in a row with a Kawasaki. So 94, we're talking about 30 years ago, almost nine, 29 years ago. I have to say thanks to my friend Federico Beneduzzi, who is the master of the statistics. But it's um, it's unbelievable that it's so long that Kawasaki didn't want three GP, but it happens. Uh, in, in MX2 was a bit different. So in general, in GP, it's since 2012, uh, while it was uh, three success for Kawasaki. It was Belgium, uh, Sweden, and Latvia. Uh, but at that time, uh, it was Tommy Searle, Tommy Searle and Joel Rulands uh, winning 
the three GP in a row, but was two different riders and was a mixed two class. That was 2012, again, thanks to Federico. Uh, but um, on the other hand, if we look at the situation after the German round, while Jorge had 106 points, if I'm not getting wrong, on Roman, three GP later, with three victories from <laughs> Roman, uh, he has now 104 points. So only two points less. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. What All that hard work. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you think that he, 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 in with this trend, he can win all the races till the end of the season. He will finish with like 92 points behind or something like that. It's <laughs> insane. So, okay. Uh, qualifying race plays a, a big role at the moment because on those... 104 points of advantage of Prado, 102 comes from qualifying races. So at the moment, okay, of course, even Romana has a lot of points in qualifying races, but this new rule of the qualifying race with points means a lot. As a very heavy, uh, in, uh, very, very, it, it's important uh, for for the standings. It's very important. Is I would say I wanted to say is affecting a lot the, the 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 standings, but it's not affecting in in fact. But he has a, a very big impact on on the on the uh, standings because uh, Prado is really good on the qualifying race. He's managing to to do very well to collecting those two three more points than Roman, and then he's able to play. And Roman is making mistakes because of the second moto with that crash, he was throwing uh, a few points that he could uh, gain on Jorge. Jorge is perfect. He's doing the perfect job, never losing uh, the calm, never losing. It's the only one, if we think and we look at the race, the, the, the only one that in between the last three races never made one mistake. Two races in Indonesia, no mistakes. To one race, I mean three races in in locket, no mistakes at all, and that's is paying a lot because Jeremy Seward did a mistake and he threw away probably the victory. Roman won the race, but only by one point, and he threw away a lot of points with that crash. Uh, so it looks like really many are making mistakes, and Jorge is the only one that is just there, always calm and quiet, and I'm thinking and demand and, and asking myself if the level of Jorge can be even better than this one and is just managing, don't pushing so hard. Because while you push really hard, a mistake comes uh, sometime. It's normal. They're not machines. They are champions. They are good riders, top riders, fantastic riders, but not machines. So mistakes happen. Motocross is like that. The track changes at every lap. Uh, the, the soil change at every lap. You can find a hole, you can find uh, a berm, you can find a, a, a stone, whatever. Another ra So I'm really trying to ask and to myself if Prado is riding at 100% or if he's just trying really to avoid troubles. And if he's so, I have to say hat off for him because really is impressive. And it means that uh, in case he will need to push a little bit more in probably another championship because this one uh, uh, it's okay uh, it would be able to do it so um, it's it's really really interesting to see the way 
is doing it the way he's keeping calm and as, as i told you it was smiling and joking on a physical problem that can really affect his moto uh, before race two but uh, it was calm and quiet uh, thinking only to take out the best out of that race and this reminds me also about something else the way tony won plenty of championship not all probably but plenty of those without winning so many gps but being able to take the best out of every race without making mistakes without throwing away points uh and and uh giving making gift to your opponents because uh, those are really gift uh, what uh, roman did uh, in indonesia and uh, in locket uh, those are gifts uh, that uh, if you avoid those uh, gift to 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 your opponents then you're able to collect more points yeah brilliant insight and knowledge there coming through on the situation mate it's just so it's just so consistent consistently fast he just gets the job done he's only got two overall wins we were sort of discussing and fevers obviously now got more than him which seems just so bizarre given the points gap and way that the way the season's panned out and paul pierce one of the stats guys and he, he sent us a, a really cool uh, some numbers and he was saying prado's first lap average position is 2.29 like he's just putting himself in position to manage it and do thing isn't it so just intelligent mature riding he's just measured calculated just like you said riding with the adversity he was facing this weekend definitely wouldn't have been easy at all mate so extending the lead doing what he has to do and it'll be really cool to see how he does in lommel mate because he's uh certainly pretty competent around the sand isn't he it is, and uh, if you look at the statistics of Lommel, uh, is the one who, the only one who won four times. Lommel, uh, the only one able uh, to won four GP three in MX two. In MX two was a machine. It was uh, he, he won every time. Probably he was racing there. Uh, he was he, he he could make his debut in Lommel, uh, but then he was injured and he couldn't at the, the beginning of his career. But it is a, really a place that he loves. Doesn't matter, I think, if everything has changed in Lommel this year. And the only thing that probably will look the same is the sand. That is still the same, even if it's probably more soft and more uh, with more air than uh, the normal. And uh, so probably a little bit more difficult. But uh, uh, the, the other things that will uh, be always the same is the free tour tracks that are around the track for the spectator because those places where they fried everything they have in in belgium and in holland uh, from french fries to uh, sausages and everything just stinking so much around the track that those will be at the same place like the last 20 years i was surprised looking at the statistic of lommel that uh, because lommel looks like uh, it's there since ever but it's not, not at all. Lommel is a track that uh, started with GPs in 90 only with Pekka Vekonen uh, winning the first GP. But then few times uh, uh, we had uh, the, the, the race uh, in, uh, in Lommel before we get used to go there really often. And uh, it's uh, it's amazing because most of the time uh, we, we we think about Lommel. I mean, personally, I'm thinking uh, about Lommel like a place that uh, I always been. And when you see the statistic, you you can uh, uh, clearly see, for example, that uh, a guy like Tony Cairoli never won with the MX2 because the first time uh, we had back uh, with uh, with the MX1 was in 2008 only. 
so Tony uh, was injured at that time. I remember he was uh, on the starting grid with the stitches and uh, make an interview uh, for for what at the time was uh, a Ustream and not in front. And uh, and he was there because he was injured, get injured in uh, South Africa with Davide Guarneri while he was trying to contend. Uh, the title to Tyler Rattray, another South African. Uh, today is the night of the South Africans. And uh, and he's, uh, so at that time, he wasn't competing in MX2, and it was the only year that we had MX2 at that time. It was the first year, I mean, sorry, not the only one, the first year that we had MX2. But I remember Lommel, uh, if I have to be uh, honest, uh, because of the MX1 race in 2008, because uh, I was working in Honda at that time. We had the best if i can say yeah the not the best is not enough because uh, if you say the best rider ever in the sand no doesn't do, it's not it's not enough for him uh, the king uh, the king of the sand uh, mark the river riding for us at that time uh, and he was managing to to come out uh, like really a king but unfortunately in the second moto few laps to the end uh, while he was jumping and cheering to his public, his spectators, he had one of the worst crash in his career. Uh, he finished with the head in the sand, uh, like an ostrich, uh, uh, coming out with uh, the goggles full of sand, unable to see nothing, and he threw away one of the best victories he could have in his Lommel, because at that time it was his Lommel. Uh, and... I think I was crying that day. I was definitely crying uh, because I was crying when he won the Italian GP in Mantova in 2008. Uh, I was crying in, in Lirop while he won uh, the Dutch GP and I was uh, taking uh, a flag to him. But this is another story we will talk probably with uh, Hernem uh, GP. But uh, but that race was his race, was his victory. We were so pumped up that when we saw him crashing, it was we were desperate. The pit lane was in a completely different spot compared to today. Uh, the track was different compared to yesterday. So imagine compared to tomorrow, while we will see a completely different track. But Lommel is Lommel. And uh, the people uh, that were there were the Sandmen. And the Sandmen were some kind of riders that sometimes weren't even able to ride on the hard pack and to get results on the hard pack. But while you went there in Lommel, to do MX2 or MX1 race, and they were wild cards. They were really good, and uh, and it's another another time, another history. Uh, I want to remember uh, one of the guys that was uh, really always in Lommel shooting picture, probably every day of his life uh, yes. while he was working in motocross. That is Plons. Plons was a photographer, was a kind of genius, and he passed away a couple of years ago while he was still really young, but he was the most passionate people of uh, the uh, people from Lommel, the riders of Lommel, the, because uh, Lommel would uh, uh, always been a special place for many reasons. Uh, and uh, also uh, the Gabur's brothers uh, uh, that were organizing uh, then alongside with Johan Bonen and all those passionate, poorly passionate people uh that were they were there always and it's always a little with a little pain in the heart that we go back there and we know that probably sylvan will not show up and uh and um, eric is not there anymore and uh th those guys are born and grow in that place uh riding the sand surfing the sand and another good memory i, I have 
to, I'm sorry that I'm taking so much time with my. Oh, we're happy uh, to memory. hear it, Mike. I, I look like a 95 uh, years old guy that is talking with these uh, <laughs> kids about say, ah, when I was really young, I was in Lommel. <laughs> and it was so cool. But it's a little bit like that. 2012. 2012 was the year of the Grand Prix of the nation. And it was a fantastic Grand Prix uh, because uh, uh, we we saw uh, some of the best action ever. And it was at that time Tony Cairoli who did an incredible nation. Uh, he was uh, winning uh, uh, all uh, what he could with the MX-1 bike. Uh, what was fantastic, uh, it was really to, to see him uh, destroying uh, i remember the first lap he finished that first lap with more than six seconds on the second rider and it's something that you don't see every day and the last three laps while another rider that then he did well in uh, the, the the years after because it was jeffrey erlings competing there for the first time against Tony. He went back and the last three laps, Tony was on fire and it was a great battle. So I cannot forget that year because it was something really unbelievable. So plenty of memories. Rui Gonzalez uh, broke in the bike at the end of second moto while he was on the podium uh, and he was just screaming and crying in his helmet with the bike that was the factory Honda that uh, was mocking so badly. Till Last year, no, two years ago, sorry, 2021, when uh, the last rider I thought he could win in Lommel, won in Lommel, and that guy was Roman Fevre. So don't forget about Roman Fevre in Lommel because it could be the fourth in a row. Yeah, it's going to be so cool, mate. And we love hearing all those old stories from, you know, these past greats. You know, it's so cool to hear. I know the fans like it and I like it. So keep them coming, mate. And another guy that's uh, pretty pretty handy in the sand, Calvin Belandron, obviously, Great weekend, getting that first moto win of the year and second podium since Riola. That was so. Yeah, it's and he's just so consistent and he deserves it. And he he was in a position to capitalize, so he was pretty close by. He didn't drop. The level's really high. He's you know his fitness and conditioning's good. He's doing the best he can with the resources he has, which you know it's a proven formula for him now. He's just knocking off the results. He's sixth in the championship. And I spoke to him. I think it was before Spain, which is his most hated track. And, <laughs> Yeah, he was still sixth in the championship then. Obviously, there's been a few issues with various riders then, but it's impressive. It's a testament to his class, mate. And yeah, he's got a top 10 overall in every round, scored points in every qualifying race except one. I think only three motos outside the top 10 with the lowest of 12th. Uh, what more can you really say, mate? It's so impressive. And looking at those stats from Paul that he sent through, the average first lap position is 8.25. So if you can just get those starts and same with the qualifying race, it's 7.5 average first lap position. So if you can get those starts, you know, like he kind of did on the weekend, you can really see what he does and he can mix it up there and not drop back. And he likes Lockett and he definitely likes Lommel. So could there be a win on the cards, mate? It'd be cool to see all that hard work sort of culminating in the win to just sort of further boost him, wouldn't it? And also with the nations going on, what, what could be the, the team there? It's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, it would be pretty interesting. You know, sometimes a surprise happen, gift happen, but you must be there to collect it. If you're not there and another one is second, it would be another one winning. So it deserves really. It was the surprise, of course, of the second model. Um, 
I didn't expect, honestly, to see him winning a race, uh, winning a moto. I mean, uh, I didn't expect. I, I, I know he's doing pretty well. We talked a lot uh, uh, already about him during the beginning, since the beginning of the season, and it was always uh, uh, under our spotlight. Uh, we says a lot about his future, about his riding, about uh, what he's doing this year. But winning a moto in those conditions, uh, it's something that is really, really, really special. He did it pretty well. And I was able to to talk, take those 25 points. Unfortunately for him, not getting on the podium. And it was a little bit, I think, this kind of bittersweet, you know, that you could say, ah, I could, I could. But as you said, Lommel is coming, then Vanta is coming. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that in uh, Riola, it wasn't uh, at that point of, uh, of his season while he can just point to the podium like he did when we were used to race in September uh, in Viola, you know, while he won the two motos. So he's one of the few that I will put there on the fight for the podium, for sure. Uh, alongside, of course, with Prado, with Fevre. Uh, we have to consider the team is coming back. Uh, he had some issue probably with arm pumps and everything. But Calvin is uh, one of the few, like also Brian Bogers uh, in past was, because last year, uh, I think, is the man who won the race in 2022. Is a complete different situation, complete different bike, complete different rider. So that will not happen this year. Unfortunately for him, as he's such a cool and nice person, really quiet, uh, doing his stuff alongside with uh, John Vandenberg, uh, with his now wife, kid and everything. So it's uh, it's a shame that uh, he, he will not uh, uh, be able to point to the success. Uh, I think he maybe can do a good uh, result uh, for himself, but it would be still really difficult as we saw his new teammate, uh, that is a old guy, <laughs> that is uh, uh, Jeremy Van Orebeck was able to do an incredible work this weekend because finishing two time in the top 10, probably eight, it's something not common. Okay, as Lockett, uh, as Arpac, uh, I don't think maybe then we will talk next Wednesday and I was completely, uh, I'm completely wrong, but two motos in Lommel are a bit different while you are not riding GPs at every weekend, you know? So it means that uh, uh, it's much more harder. So I don't know if he can really finish again two time in the top 10 so close to, to the other riders because he was really close. But Lockett is special for uh, for Jeremy because in Lockett he collected the only victory in GP in his career. That was 2014 while he was trying to contend the title to Tony. And it was his happiest day on earth. Probably he was really like uh, uh, so happy to, to, to win that race. He was never able to, to repeat this uh, performance. And so I don't expect him to be, for example, in the top five. Then I said maybe Wednesday I will. I was. Uh, we, we we will say that uh, I was completely wrong, but I hope for him for sure. Uh, I'm going to ask you, mate. Do you think he's worth taking to the nations? Obviously, Brent Van Donick's got the injury problems with the hip. Jeremy Van Horbeek's on the 450. They've obviously got plenty of 250 guys. Everts, Yago, the Coonan brothers. Is it worth maybe putting him on a 450? Uh, it can be a good idea. Of course, Yago will ride the the yeah. 450. In, uh, the other one. The question, isn't it? Yes, the other one is the question, and uh, it's probably the one that can then do the job uh, better than uh, than anybody else. Also, because at the nation is a question of experience, also strategy experience, and he got a lot of these. Uh, he was riding along 
time for the for for his national team for Belgian team. So it's uh, we can say that uh, that can be the, the the right choice, and it would be nice, you know, to see him at the Nations once again. While you don't expect uh, it's uh, those kind of stuff uh, like Leo is every year riding at the nation to see. Uh, Jeremy uh, back at the nation would be really cool, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty cool what he's doing, mate. Just stepping in there and sort of like he was never away, really. But yeah, just another yeah. couple of guys because obviously we're, we're burning through the time here quickly, mate. But uh, <laughs> Jeremy Sewa probably could have won on another day, just a little mistake. And, you know, he'll be frustrated, but the speed's there, the mentality's there. He's, he's a winner. He's he's fit. He's always up for it. He's always pretty durable and reliable. He's always making it to the GPs. The streak continues and he keeps going. But yeah, he'll be probably pretty confident. Lommel obviously spun plenty of laps there, lived there for, for many years. And, you know, he had some pretty yeah. good moments with Glenn there too. He, he doesn't mind mixing up with the teammates, but he always does it with a good level. He's not sort of, you know, charging guys off the track really. So, yeah, pretty impressive weekend for him, mate, even though he would have wanted more. And, yeah, any other sort of guys that, that stood out for you? It was pretty cool to see the German contingent there where the fans were definitely going wild for them and Cock and Spees. Yeah, yeah, they're impressive, mate, aren't they? They keep coming on. They're sort of under the radar a little bit, but they're really good riders and they're both making really great strides again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jeremy, I think uh, it was a little bit is the history of his season. Uh, 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 it's always getting something wrong and uh, uh, making little mistakes or being a little bit unlucky. And uh, he could win, of course. Uh, I was expecting him in the second moto after was the, what I see in the first moto. I was expect, ex, expecting him to, to do a little bit better while he was in front of Roman. Uh, but it was... Not looking so good in the second moto, in my opinion. Uh, there are plenty of things going around him for the future, for next year, contract stuff uh, that I think is not easy to manage with everything, you know. And to so he said, of course, in press conference that he's away from this, that he's just focused on his racing, he's focused on this championship. But somehow I think that while the, the chase for the title has gone. Uh, okay, for sure, you always look for good results, but probably the focus is going a little bit uh, right and left on uh, your future and what will you be and where will you be in the next uh, couple of seasons. Uh, so this sometimes affect a little bit the results, but then maybe I'm wrong and uh, Jeremy will prove in Lommel that uh, he's still able to, to win like he did already once this year, but the lack of podiums... Uh, is impressive for him this year. Was able, yeah, in Locket to jump on the podium, but I got a couple of pictures while I was under the podium of him really like uh, thinking, thinking that something wasn't, you know, he wasn't satisfied. On one side, you had Prado that didn't want the race for the third time in a row, and he was the happiest on the podium. Roman was suffering and painful, so he wasn't smiling at all. And probably because also that mistake in the second moto uh, costed him a lot of energies mentally to finish the race, uh, to try to to don't... Uh, to also, you know, you, you start thinking, maybe I get injured, maybe I got something wrong on my shoulder. So never easy. But the, the, the most concern was probably Jeremy that was really serious and thinking uh, about, wow... That that podium was interesting. I saw also Andrea while he went collecting his red plate. Uh, was just going straight uh, to Michele Lavetti, shaking his hands, looking at him in his eyes with a big smile, but not aggressive smile. It was like, I'm here. I'm still with the red plate. Congratulations. You did a good job, but I'm still here. That was 
for me, the key moment in MX2 showing respect for the contender, for the opponent. But look, look, I'm here. I'm still here. Yes, that was really, really cool. So podium this uh, and this race says a lot. And even uh, to say even Iago was smiling more than uh, than normal. So that's not so common for Iago. I'm happy for him because, uh, you know, it must be so difficult to, to be so strong, so good, so fast. Uh, and at one point of the season, not able to defend your advantage in the standings. But yeah, coming back on the, the few riders, I saw uh, also Glenn uh, um, just talking and chatting uh, before the start uh, with his old friend uh, Jeremy Van Orebeck uh, with the big smile, joking a little bit before the start. That was really cool. And uh, and those German guys, as you said, uh, able to to do good results, to be consistently there. It wasn't that good for uh, our colors, for the Italian colors, as it was a really difficult weekend. We had uh, Ivo Monticelli back yeah. uh, at the races from the UK Championship, from the England Championship, and Great Britain, sorry, Championship. And it was really good to see him doing pretty well in the free practice, and also in the. Uh, it was there with a good speed, but then in the races, uh, uh, bad starts and some crash, some stuff didn't help him uh, in any in any way. Alessandro Lupino was struggling also, but the one that I was more surprised was honestly Forato, that uh, at this really not good race, even if he finished 10 in the second moto and able to be 12th overall, is not the kind of result that you expect from someone like him on a hard pack. So... I was honestly not so happy about uh, about their riding, but of course, uh, bad, bad days happen, and uh, and that what uh, what uh, Locket uh, bring to to Italy this year. So it's like that. Yeah, and I was going to ask you if you got some updates on when Guadagnini's returning, and just a few words on on Geyser's return. Obviously, pretty solid seventh overall, just a patient, measured return to action. Yeah, probably unrealistic to expect him to get on the podium at this point. Just like you know, everyone was saying when Sexton got injured, at the start of the outdoor season, people were like, only just a month or whatever, and they were saying it's not reasonable for expect him to battle Jet. So it's definitely not reasonable for us to expect him to be battling for the podium and wins yet. It's just going to be a slow process and building the putting the wheels in motion for next year, isn't it, mate? Yeah, I think that uh, everyone was surprised about his best lap time in the, in the practice before the qualifying race, as uh, not many will expect. But as I said to in front uh, while I did an interview with them, it's never easy. Don't misunderstand me. But it's easier to make a good lap time on, a, on one uh, really fast lap, as, of course, it's uh, a while that he's training and he's one of the fastest guys, probably can be the fastest guy out there. Uh, but it's different to take a start after so long to be on the grid with other 40 riders. It was really good on start in uh, all the motos, being able to stay always there around, able to be in front of his teammate. I think he was suffering a lot in the first moto with arm pump and everything. Uh, Filippo Camaschella was really good, I think, on working on this for the second moto. Second moto was a little bit better. But still, it takes a while before you get back uh, on those performances that take you on the podium. It will be even worse, probably, Lommel, uh, because of the sand for the arm pump and stuff like that. I expect him probably fighting back for the podium, uh, even probably before Majora in Turkey or places like that, as he will become 
very soon again uh, on the um, on the top uh, as uh, as is really good and able to do about Mattia we have to say that probably will be back in Turkey for the for the GP uh, there uh, in Afyon uh, Karaishar that is uh, the easy name they they <laughs> give to this village <laughs> this city I have to say because now it's become bigger and bigger but Mattia if you look at the standings and I still can't believe is still in the top 10. Yeah. He stands overall in the standings. And now he's, I don't know, half, half year that we don't see him around. So it will be not uh, once uh, he will be back uh, on, on track, of course, because uh, still before Turkey, we have Lommel, Vanta, Udevala, and so many races. So no, for sure, he will not be there, but still is 10th in the championship overall. What is uh, still his best performance in MXGP so far? Uh, so I hope Mattia will be back uh, soon uh, on the bike uh, permanently. And then at the races, I think we have to wait September, the first weekend of September. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, mate. And before, we, before we wrap it up, we'll just get your predictions for Lommel this weekend, mate. Is it hard to go past Prado and Iago? Yeah, I think that those two riders are the one that uh, uh, can do uh, the best uh, out there. Orge loves the, the sand, loves Lommel. Probably, if it's right what I said before, that he's uh, managing a little bit uh, to do, avoid mistakes. Lommel is one of the places where he can uh, unleash the beast a little bit and just, you know, go for it. Uh, because uh, he has the ability to do it. Uh, uh, we'll see. If he's not in front, maybe he will not push too much. If in front is not Roman uh, and is someone else, he maybe can just, you know, be calm and cool. Uh, for what concerns Iago, I think that again is, is the man to uh, to beat in uh, in Lommel in MX2. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting, mate. Now, any final thoughts, mate? Any uh, silly season stuff you want to have a chat about? We're sort of monitoring <laughs> the, the pieces falling into place, but nothing official, sort of more than we know. But have you got any quick words on that? Yeah, but I mean, uh, normally everything will, will fall down in place uh, really soon as uh, we are getting uh, uh, nearby August uh, and it's the time where... Uh, Plenty of contracts are also options are ending because we don't have to forget that many of the contracts from Yamaha and the other uh, manufacturer are the options are ending really soon. So it will be uh, probably time to uh, to to sign some uh, some agreement. Uh, some of those we will know less more or less probably already in Lommel or after Lommel. Some other later. A new manufacturer are coming in, like Triumph uh, next year in MX2, and but other brands like Ducati have to build up uh, the teams for the future. So uh, also this, I, I expect an announcement before the end of the season from uh, Ducati in the press room uh, directly announce their team for the future. Uh, what would be probably an Italian team, uh, and, uh, and and will be interesting to to see if the white and red become complete red. Uh, but uh, just we have to wait and uh, and expect and wait uh, to to see what uh, what uh, will arrive. On the other hand, uh, plenty of riders are potentially moving to other places like Jeremy Sewer, Romain Fevre, like. Uh, Many of those. On the other hand, many are remaining in their team, like Prado has a contract for next year with Gascas. 
uh, Herlings have a contract, Kaiser and uh, Fernandez had a contract for next year. So uh, it's like half of the factory riders that can move up uh, in other move on other teams, and few of the good uh, MX2 riders that are coming up. But for the first time, probably since a long time, we will not have only a silly season for riders, but also a silly season for teams because. The big earthquake is coming, uh, uh, or the blue wave, uh, how can we call it? <laughs> so this will probably change the balance of the paddock uh, in a really important way. So really interesting to see what will happen in future with uh, plenty of the main teams that are at the moment are a little bit in uh, a little Lean bit, by. you know, like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, good, mate. It's exciting times ahead. And before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASV Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, there is no us. So thanks again for joining us, Lorenzo, mate. Really appreciate you taking the time and all the best for the weekend in Lommel. Thank you, Eddie. It was a pleasure. Like always, uh, I have to say thanks to the fans that recognized me in Locket and even asked me a picture. That was a, a huge emotion uh, that I, I probably never had. But no, thanks for all the guys that are listening uh, my bullshits uh, with so much attention, paying so much attention to the silly stuff I'm saying. So thanks, Ed. Thanks, MX Vice. And uh, keep in touch and looking forward for next uh, Wednesday evening. Absolutely, mate. Well said. Thanks to all the fans and we'll catch up next week. See you, mate. Bye.